Hello, my friends, and welcome to the Space Game Junkie Podcast. I, as always, am your co-host, Brian. And joining me, as always, a little bit sick and under the weather, sadly, is your co-host, Jim. Space Legos and stuff. <laughs> or or Lego, my space. You, you, you heard that the next Lego something. movie, the actual Lego movie, is a musical yes. in space. Yeah, I don't know how to yes, feel about that. It is I don't beautiful. Know to, I, don't know how I know how to feel about that. About that. I, I'm, yes. Yes. It's really going to be hard to top the original, in my opinion. It's going to be very tough. Um, also joining us is your co-host, Hunter. Whoa, what's going on? Space Legos. Wow. <laughs> I get this Lego up my ass for three years. For Ten years. <laughs> <laughs> we were uh, talking, walking uh, before the podcast began. And... Uh, did I, you do that on purpose? No, I didn't actually. Uh, I, I we were kinda, actually talking about Puss in Boots, the masterwork, the the, movie the, the masterpiece. One of Christopher from Walken's, the master thespian himself. He he actually Christopher Walken was actually raised a song and dance man. Uh, he's an actual trained dancer. That's why he fit. That's that's why he tries to fit dancing in a lot of his did movies. You, did you see? Did you see that? Uh... That uh, Fatboy Slim music video from back own, in like the I, I own the Spike Jones DVD with that video on it. I am an I, I am God. a I am a mad. I also own McBain on DVD and the Rift Tracks nice. version. Yeah, I am I am an unabashed walking fanatic, and uh, we're just talking walking a little bit, and um, I don't and and Puss in Boots. If you haven't heard, is a late '80s children's movie. Uh, there was a company that made a lot of uh, folktale adaptations, and this is one of them. And Walken plays Puss, a shape-shifting demon cat who tries to win the affection of Sean Connery's son. Um, listen, listen, listen. None of that is if made you, up. None of that get, is made up. <laughs> if you didn't, like, get sucked in at the idea of a shape-shifting demon cat played by Christopher Walken, like, right. that should be enough alone right there <laughs> it's like four dollars on amazon you're doing yourself a favor it's actually one of his favorite movies because he gets to sing and dance a lot and he loves to sing and dance so he loves that movie so <laughs> it's a terrible movie but he loves it so what do you got maybe do? maybe hugh jackman will play him in the remake i would be... i would watch the ever-loving i'm gonna curse shit out of that um so but only if he's got the wolverine claws those puss and boots <laughs> and it's rated r and he can like kill a hundred wow. people in the, I in got the first claws. i got claws i'm gonna slice you i'm gonna dice you sorry uh that was terrible that was so terrible. he's the best at what he does just what he does <laughs> isn't very nice <laughs> joining us from chicago we have a guest this week the owner of riveted games um philip divine Yep, oh, here I am. So divine. Now, now, Philip, is that a stage name or is your name actually Divine? That is my real. That is my real name. That's amazing. Um, that is an amazing. You, name. you were like born to be a stripper. <laughs> <laughs> you do any pole dancing? I didn't want to say it. I didn't want. How to say did you it. get through college? Oh, I was a gymnast at one point, but uh... <laughs> close enough. You are on the pole. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Parallel bars. It's close, right? <laughs> But we are talk. We are here today to talk about your game that just hit uh, Steam Early Access. After it was cooking for a while, like I think I first talked to you about it over a year ago. 
So it's been yeah. Pretty... I think last time we talked was um, was when we released our first game, and that was last April. And I think I mentioned that um, this one was kind of on the horizon. Uh, right. I actually was... just started working on it. What was the last one? Remind us. Was because I'm forgetting as well. Sorry. What was the sure, last? That one? was uh, Falling Stars: War of Empires. Yes. That was um, the board. The game. board game. The boardy four xy game thing. Right. Oh, uh, that was you guys. Yeah. Oh, right. Well, you're like alumni. Then this is the second time back. Yeah, I am. Yeah, this is my first time back as um, publishing my own game, though. So that one was uh, we were publishing it with uh, Lock and Load Publishing, mm-hmm. and uh, now I'm kind of in the publisher seat and um, Crowdwork Studios. They're the ones uh, developing the game. So um, this guy, um, Vid, he started it as a high school project, uh, technically two and two two and a half years ago. Um, and it just kind of kept getting bigger and bigger. And he completely rewrote the, the whole thing at one point. That was about two years ago. And then um, I was kind of keeping an eye on it. I thought it was just really interesting, really funny, really good idea. And um, I think it was last probably March where I was like, hey, like we should totally partner up on this. Um, you can handle the development. I've got some developers on my team too who can assist. You know, I can kind of figure out, I can, all the, all the other stuff, like you make this awesome, funny game. I can figure out, you know, all the testing, getting it to conventions, getting it out in front of people, um, you know, kind of finding like who would really want this type of game. And honestly, that ended up being pretty easy so far. Um, a lot of people have been really receptive to the game. So, so yeah, so that was about a year ago. I started working with Vid on that from Crowdwork Studios and, uh, and yeah, we just launched it on Tuesday. So we're definitely happy with it. Yeah, and uh, I've noticed the uh, the the uh, response. I'm sorry, I just, re- folks, I have to apologize. Somehow, um, even though I started recording on my mixer here to get the audio, the recording stopped somewhere. Sure, should we like Yay. restart or something? Or so I'm gonna have to rip the audio again from YouTube. So no, I- we're not gonna restart. We're good. No, oh, we're not okay, gonna sweet. restart. I'm just really frustrated that even though I hit the recording button for the first time in three weeks. I think it's when I switched microphones earlier. It just yeah, stopped. Broke it. it it stopped recording. I just noticed. So, folks, I am sorry about that. Uh, hi, Captain. Yeah, I'm sorry. I am reading chat. It's just I'm a little bit behind. Uh, we do have a developer with us, Captain Pornomag. Come on, really? That's your name? <laughs> Come on. You you couldn't do better than that, really? That's your name? He's a superhero. Uh, uh, it's actually Ron Jeremy. Okay. So I apologize, folks. I just noticed this. Hopefully the audio will be fine. Sorry about that, Philip. I just wanted to throw that out there. Um, oh, that's okay. But no, we're not restarting. That's that's stupid. We're doing it live. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, the game just launched a week ago. Uh, I believe on Steam, and uh, yes, I was I was saying the the uh, reception so far has been pretty positive. And uh, yeah, it has. I, I think right now we have only positive reviews on Steam. It's only been a week that it's been out, but um, yeah, the Steam reviews have, are, are definitely um, indicative of what we found going to uh, the last couple of PAX events. We went to PAX West, South, and East. Um, Holy cow! It was definitely a, a huge hit at all of those. Um, yeah, actually, I was just I was just looking at Reddit. Like, I posted this little image um, just of our booth because we got sponsored by Origin PC. Um, they do like pre builds, and they loaned us some computers. I met the guy kind of randomly uh, 
when I was at PAX South, it was kind of funny. He, um, he, he moderates, uh, for a, a Twitch streamer, AKA Mike B and he stopped by the booth. He's like, yeah, you know, I really like your game. I think my, my Twitch guy would really like this. And so, um, the guy kind of made a good impression and I, I, I remembered him, you know, distinctly. And then I was at a party like two nights later, still at PAX South. And uh, sure enough, I saw him there and I was like, I went up like, oh, hey, you know, um, I think his, uh, his Twitch name was Woovy. I was like, hey, Woovy, uh, you know, it's awesome to see you at the, at the booth earlier. Like, you know, how's it going? He's like, I'm not Woovy. I was like, what? And it turns out this guy looked exactly like this other Woovy guy who came to my booth. But the guy who I was talking to was um, like a marketing partner with Origin PC. So I was like, okay, well, while I'm talking to you, you know, like I, I basically scraped these two computers together to show up PAX South. And he was like, oh yeah, like we can definitely get you some loaners for PAX East. Like we'd love to work with you. I was like, okay, sounds great. So before I knew it, he got me six PCs to take down to PAX East. And we had all six PCs um, filled up for pretty much the entire show. Um, it was definitely a big hit. We got a ton of feedback. Um, and it was, it was good. I mean, there were things that were in the game that I like, I wouldn't have noticed that might be frustrating people who bought the game on Steam that while watching people, I was able to kind of see like, oh, wow, that's, you know, that really shouldn't be working like that. It should be a little bit smoother. So I was texting developers while I was, uh, you know, on the show floor and getting stuff fixed. Like we even had a, a patch after day one and um, we're still putting in a couple of few, a few more things um, from the feedback based on PAX East. But yeah, I mean, like that kind of stuff has been huge for development, just like watching people play and just meeting people. And yeah, it's been a ton of fun. You just came back from a PAX, right? Like today yeah. or yesterday? Which one was that? Was that East? That was East. I just got back yesterday. So yeah, 16 hour drive. Jesus. Yeah, no thanks. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but how did it go? I've, I've never been to a PAX. Uh, I would love to go at some point, but I've just never. Yeah, besides being in the booth, did you get to like peruse around and meet other people or meet other developers? So PAX is really interesting. Um, so there's kind of two parts to it. There's like the part where you're on the floor and you're meeting people and there's media people. I mean, I could go on and on and on and on about how to do a show, but I'm not going to get into all of that. Um, but there's, there's media people walking by, there's exhibitors walking by, there's people, you know, just who may or may not like your type of game walking by. And you kind of just got to reach out to everybody and you just got to, you got to get like your pitch out like so fast that like I've, I've had to whittle it down so much since PAX West, which was my first convention uh, back in last fall. And what I basically boiled it down to, like this got everybody to sit down immediately. I just said, hey, who wants to play Legos meet Space Pirates? And immediately, like everybody would just like sit down and be like, what, Legos or what, Space Pirates? Like I, you're getting kind of both those demographics. I mean, because the game is, is really at its core you're building these ships out of each of these individual modules with different thrusters, weapons, armor, command pods, tractor beams, shields, all kinds of little pieces. You blow up other ships and you can actually slap those pieces, you know, from the middle of space, just from the debris, you can slap those onto your ship and keep on going. So it's kind of like an appropriate little tagline. And um, yeah, that got people sitting down like for pretty much the entire the entire uh the entire show so that's that's kind of what you do on the show floor and you know, you're just you're working with people talking to them and then um after the show there's all kinds of networking events parties that kind of thing and so i kind of go and try and find a place where i can mingle with like people on the other side of the aisle like people in media or people on twitch or people you know who do let's plays and just see if i can um 
you know, like kind of see like what kind of stuff they're looking for. If they're looking for games like Lightspeed Frontier for their audiences and, you know, why they should play my game or also just learning about their industry and just, you know, kind of not, not even being all about business, just kind of like sitting back and relaxing because media people have a really hard job at PAX too. Like they got to go to all these different booths and they got to find all this stuff. And at the end of the day, sometimes they just want to like sit down and grab a drink and talk to someone who kind of understands it all. And so, um, yeah, so that's a big part of PAX is like, is that networking? Um, and then also just meeting people, meeting gamers and, um, showing them your game, just talking about like, you know, kind of shooting ideas past each other. So it's really fun. See, I would love to go as press to, to meet all these devs. Cause it sounds like so many devs, um, developers, um, go to, uh, go to these things. It, I mean, I saw other developers talking about it. It sounded like it was, uh, it sounded like it was a crazy busy time. And, uh, but did you get a lot of, uh, like, fo- ran- like random normal folks from the show floor checking out the game? Oh yeah. Tons. Um, I mean, I can post, I can post some pictures and stuff. I, oh yeah. Duh. The whole reason I was even talking about that whole story of how I met that origin PC guy. So I posted a picture, um, today on Reddit just to, just to show some people um, like what our booth looked like and just that it was really cool that Origin PC had given us these six these six stations, which is great because we had the smallest booth size. We had a 10 by 10 because, you know, we're just getting started out here. And um, to have like six like really nice PCs for people to sit down and play on was just awesome. Well, that post is actually, it's on the front page of Reddit right now. So um, I'm actually kind of. Dude, that's awesome. Yeah, I'm trying to like get people to handle that because we have a whole bunch of people coming onto our Discord and stuff. So. Hopefully that means we get a whole bunch of people coming into this this uh, this chat because I put it, I put it on our announcements on our Discord server. I already got a few people uh, coming in. Like uh, I saw, I see uh, some new. Uh, we already have a few new faces on Discord. Thank you very much. Like one particular name I like is Kaiser Salty von Saltenberg. I, I enjoy oh, no. I enjoy that name very much. I I, I that guy's I, no good. <laughs> yeah, it's like Bodie McBoatface. Did you? That guy's dangerous. <laughs> did you hear about the? Was it? Um, was it Canada or somebody? There was a research vessel, and they had like a, a yeah, fundraiser was, thing, and they get yeah. to name the boat, and the internet England, named actually. it Bodie McBoatface. Uh, it was England, actually, which makes it even better because uh, they're all posh and stuff. You know, so yes. they're all like Bodie. You have to say it in an accent, like a snooty accent, Bodie McBoatface. Yeah, it would be <laughs> Just, Her Majesty's right, well, ship, Bodie McBoatface. <laughs> now I have to post this. Um, so we actually let players like post uh, ships onto our Steam Workshop. You can upload it directly from the game, so you can kind of browse ships that people have made. We have a couple Shipley McShipley faces. I did so, see that. Um, I was playing around with it yesterday, and I saw in the workshop there were at least, I think, two Shipley McShipley faces or something like that, which is... There are two. Which is pretty great. They just come in. Which is yeah. pretty great. That's you, you gotta love a community that'll do stuff like that. In my opinion, you gotta yeah. you gotta love it. Yeah. <laughs> and I did like how um, I did like how there's a workshop uh, integrated right into your game. Let's talk about your game now because we haven't even gotten to it yet. We've just been talking packs. So your game yeah. is basically uh, it's a it's a shooter. It's a builder. Uh God, how would because I don't want to make it sound like these other games that are trying to do something similar with building and flying around. I mean, there are other games that are doing 
something similar, but okay, let's say let's let's try another tack if you don't mind. A game mm-hmm. like Avorian, which we talked about a few episodes ago, which I'm sure you've seen or us talk about because you hang out on our yeah. Discord. Thank you very much. Um, sure. What would you say differentiates Lightspeed Frontier from, say, Avorian? Like, how would you differentiate the two? Yeah, sure. So, um, for one, we're like a sci-fi humor satire themed game. So, as soon as you jump in the game, like, you're going to see all kinds of mock corporations. Um, you're going to see a whole a whole bunch of that kind of like Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy type vibe. Um, like, you know, at every space station, we have billboards and you can click on the billboards. It'll tell you something about the corporation. Some of the corporations are going to hire you to like take out their rival corporations. Um, you can, you know, even trade these corporations on the galactic stock market. Um, and and all the all the humor in the game is kind of like tongue in cheek, too. So I think that's I think that's actually a big draw. But as far as actual gameplay and features, um you can build in real time. You can uh, you can build your ship module by module. It's not voxel based, and it's also incredibly easy. It's like basically like clicking and dragging files on your desktop. That's how I have easy to building say, is. In this I game. have to give you props for because I don't know if you know this, but I'm not a fan of building ships. I, I'm not at all. I have no patience for it. But your game was like click 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 done, which I for some someone like me really appreciates because I do not have the patience to. Oh, this engine needs to go here. Needs to go that way, you know. Right, and we've kind of acknowledged that. So that's why that's one of the reasons why it was so important for us to have the Steam Workshop, where you could upload all these different kinds of ships. You could download all these different kinds of ships. We even include a whole bunch of blueprints. So when you create a ship that you really like, you save the blueprint. You can always go back and load it right back up, and you can even trade in ships. It'll 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 kind of give like a trade in value for your ship in case you want to try something different. So you really don't have to do that much building from scratch. You can just do. Um, you know, retrofitting uh, existing ships. And on top of that, it's not just a building game. Because if, if you don't like all that stuff, you can um, you can spend a lot of time just with the space combat. So we have one really unique feature with the space combat, which is that because we have um, kind of cube-based building system, you can uh, face in six different directions for your perspective. So let's say that you want to guard your command pod so you don't get destroyed. You can actually switch to your broadside camera view, you can still be facing forward and you can shoot just your broadsides and protect the rest of your ship. And let's say once those start getting destroyed, you can even move over to, um, you know, back to your fronts or back to your reverse or back to the top. Like you can do all kinds of different things with, uh, with, the ship, with the ship perspectives. So that's one really unique thing about the combat too. And we've just worked a ton on the controls. I think with any space game, the controls are essential. And, you know, Absolutely. I'll even admit, like at PAX, we noticed we noticed some of the things weren't perfect. And even since uh, since the last time you, you played, Brian, we noticed that some of the things weren't perfect. But we've been working on that like nonstop. And even after I think we've had maybe uh, four or five different patches, like we've been able to get just about all those issues resolved. And um, now we're just kind of focusing on making the building more intuitive. But the combat in the game is is definitely one of the highlights. And I think players are going to have a lot of fun just you know flying around, engaging in interesting combat building interesting ships and running into interesting different, you know, it, it was, it was, there's not like a mission computer per se, but you can click on a billboard. And like you said, you get a mission out of it, which I really right. like. So, yeah. And we're working on extending that too. Um, we have a couple random missions in the game as well. Oh. Um, right now, the, what we, what, our whole goal with the game, because I mean, the first thing everyone's going to ask is this single player or is this multiplayer? 
And right now we're just focusing on making the single player as complete as possible. Thank you. And thank you. Thank yeah. you, God. Thank yeah. you so much. And, <laughs> and even when we release the game uh, for, for our full launch on Steam, um, we're still going to have the same great, I hope, single player experience. And then players will be able to either, you know, do arena-based PvP for online. Maybe they'll be able to do some um, some cooperative play. Um, or one idea I had, which we don't have anything to support it yet. It's kind of a pie in the sky. But someone mentioned this at PAX East, and I thought it was a great idea. Like Google Sheets-style uh, uh, cooperative building. Like imagine if you and another player were just building a ship together. I mean, I just imagine that that would be awesome. So, oh, you know, man. That's one of, yeah, no, yeah so that's one of the reasons we wanted to wait on... I'm doing the multiplayer until our full Steam launch because we figure, you know, players are going to give us some great ideas. Why, why paint ourselves into a corner um, when we can kind of build the multiplayer out based on what players want? If we can't do all of that, you know, okay, no harm, no foul. We will end up with whatever multiplayer we have. But we might as well let the players have some kind of input in, um, in the multiplayer because we've already kind of taken all the major steps on the features with single player, you know, and making the single player game as good as we can. So, like, so are the only way to find missions right now? I know I'm a little stuck on missions, but I love missions. Are the only way to find oh, missions right. right now uh, through the billboards, like we discussed earlier? Like, or are there like are there going to be distress calls? Or are there going to be? Yeah, yeah. There we actually have we actually have. Um, I don't know how many missions we have with distress calls, but they're they're definitely in the game. Uh, like maybe you'll go into a. Yeah, I know for one for a fact when you go into a new system. Uh, sometimes you'll get a, distru- a distress call that space pirates are are taking over um, the uh, the space station in that in that given system, and you'll have to go to the space station. You can either it'll it'll say hey, can you help us out? You'll either say yes or you'll say no, and then you can go if if you say yes, you can go over there. You can kill the space pirates. They'll give you a little bit of a reward, um, which actually is extremely helpful because the only other way to gain uh, money in the game because we have uh, we have this system. It's it's called Wexcoin. It's kind of like a futuristic cryptocurrency. And um, the only way to gain Wexcoin is by um, mining asteroids and selling the contents, uh, uh, gathering fuel with fuel collectors and selling the fuel, um, or scavenging for parts and selling the remaining parts that you don't slap onto your ship. So with these missions, you can actually go and do some, you know, you can go help someone out and they'll be able to pay you in Wexcoin directly so you don't have to go out and find um, resources that way. So... There's a lot of different ways that you can kind of progress in the game. We wanted to leave it open for people because some people like mining. They're fine mining all day, you know, in order to get their wax coins. Some people want missions, like what you said. So we want to have missions. Um, so there's a whole bunch of stuff that you can do to kind of progress in the game. So wait, I haven't, um, I haven't done any mining yet, but I'm going to tell you, I, I'm a fan of mining in space games. So how does mining work in this one? Um, so you can go to any planet that ha- that has uh, an asteroid belt around it. Um, you have to search them out. So when you, the first thing you do when you warp to a new system, um, which by the way, they're all procedurally generated with a seed when you start your game. So you can kind of throw in a new seed if you want. And there's probably, I would guess around 400 different, uh, star systems in a given game universe, which is a lot because you, you can actually only go to about four, maybe four to six systems around you at a time, a star, a star lane type system. So you can't just go from one end to the other. And um, so when you go to a new star system, you can look around, you can try and find a planet that has uh, rings, and then you can go over there. A lot of times those are going to have asteroids. They're going to have either uh, ice droids, which is just basically containing ice, or they're going to have um, 
like like actual rock asteroids. And when you mine those, it's going to give you various types of uh, uh, ore. Um, we want to extend the system uh, to use our, our sensors because we have some sensors in the game. Um, I think the the idea is that you'd be able to see which asteroids have a given type of mineral, so you can so you can go and and you can um, mine the ones that you want. But right now, you basically just go up to an asteroid. You can start hitting at it, and it's going to start dropping out some of the some of the kind of cubes and um, of of uh, materials. You can pick those up. You can you know fly them back to the space station, and um, and you can sell them. And another system that will probably be coming uh, probably not for like another month or so, I would say, is uh, just crafting your own custom modules with uh, custom attributes based on the materials that you've uh, that you've collected. So right now you buy them in a shop or you collect them from uh, you collect them from a uh, from guys that you kill. But we want to be able to uh, let players craft them with you know various attributes and various upgrades as well. So what is the ult- is there an ultimate goal to this game besides like making money and building bigger ships? Is it like to get to the center of the galaxy or to kill a big boss or like is is there an ultimate goal or is it just a big sandbox where you you do what you want? Is there a dragon? <laughs> There's no dragon, but it's definitely more of like a survival type game. So um play the game you're, you're like first thing you're going to find out is that you're going to die a lot and it's going to take you a while to get used to the you know the combat um you know the skill involved as you get better in the game uh, bigger ships are going to come after you so that's definitely something to look out for and then other than that it's just more of like a sandbox experience so a lot of people when they when they hear sandbox they think okay i'm going to be out in the middle of this world and i'm going to have to just kind of find out what to do and in one sense, that's true. People who like sandbox games, they're going to feel very at home with that. But at the same time, we wanted players just to be immersed in the universe and, their, and for the universe to be ever-changing. So a lot of the features that we have and that we're going to be adding is so that you can kind of modify this universe and have it be persistent. Um, like, for example, building and destroying space stations, um, branding space stations with corporations that you that you start and it doesn't have to mean anything. You know what I mean? Like it can just be funny or it can just be cool. Um, but we already have the ability to upload and download spaceships and there's no reason we can't do the same thing for billboards in the game and corporations and, um, you know, swap out some graphics for other graphics on a space station so that you can, that you can build it, you know, uh, when you build it around, uh, your own planet that you'll be able to, you know, brand it how you want. So, um, there's a lot of persistence there. And then on top of that, um, you go to a given star system, like that star system is going to be either cleared by you, you're going to be an enemy, or you're going to be, you know, kind of a friend. And it just depends. Um, Right now you'll find uh, when you go to a star system, you're going to get a whole bunch of different enemies kind of hopping out, like like just running at you and and fighting you, and you're going to be building uh, stronger and stronger. But um, the spawning system that we have, that we're working on now, is basically all the ships are going to be pre-spawned in a given system. Some are going to be neutral. Some are going to be hostile. And then um, some of the neutrals may be turned into friendlies. So we're just kind of working out some AI glitches with that since um, I think when we first uh, when we first made that live, it made some of the quests not work quite right because we kind of generated some of the, some of the ships um, ahead of time. But that's like the end goal before we go into our full launch on Steam. And right now what you'll find is basically that sandbox experience kind of, you know, discovering all the different, 
corporations and you know how to make money in the game and stuff like that. And I think by the time players um, have kind of figured that out, you know, we're going to be on top of adding content fast enough that, you know, I, I mean, I, I, what I hope is that players would never really feel like they hit everything in the game. I do have to say, I, I liked that. Um, Cause when I was playing, I, you were right. I did die a lot, like a lot, <laughs> but I like that when yeah. you die, you get a little bit of money and you can just, you don't have to rebuild with the pieces that are around. You can just be like, Hey station, you know, you can still warp and everything, which is nice. And you can go to a station and be like, Oh, I want to buy this, um, this design I just had. And I have enough coins. What if, and if you saved the ship that you made the first time around, you can just instantly rebuild it. Exactly. Yeah, you have as to long have, as you have the money. Right? As long as you have the money, yes. But that's really nice because, you know, I don't want to. It's like, oh, I really like that design. I don't want to have to rebuild again. So that is really. That's a really. I gotta say, that's really nice. I like that. Yeah. You know, a lot of nice little. There's there's some nice little uh, usability things in here that I that I enjoy and I like. One thing I liked was the interacting with space stations, how you just like fly up to it. You don't have to dock or anything. You just click on things on it. Yeah, exactly. That whole, the, one of the biggest focuses of the game was just for everything to be seamless. I mean, even the building, like the, feet, the pieces are just kind of floating around out there and you can click and drag them. Um, we are actually making that a little bit easier um, where, it, where once you pick it up into your cargo hold, you'll be able to build from your cargo just for organization's sake. But but still, oh, just the cool. fact that you can go out and you can click and drag pieces right from the middle of space, slap them on your ship, keep on going, go up to a space station. You're just right there. You can pop some stuff out of the shop, grab them, you know, in the middle of space from your shop. Like, we want that just immersive experience where you don't have to go from, like, you know, menu to menu, breaking that immersion every time you want to do something in the game. Yeah, and I really did appreciate that. One thing I really did appreciate, it's a tiny little thing. But when your ship backs up, you have the uh, the truck like beeping sound. I yes. I love that so much. Yeah, that, that made me laugh. <laughs> I love that. I I got a genuine belly laugh. You got a genuine belly laugh out of me when when I first heard that. <laughs> I thought that was great. Just yeah, I'm glad you like that. Oh oh yeah, absolutely. It was, it was so great. So I I did see and. Um, I liked how you posted this in the chat earlier. You built a ship that was basically the shape of a fist. Is that, yeah. am I remembering that right? You built a ship that was basically in the shape of a fist and you just like destroyed a space station with it. Yeah. So um, that one's actually on the workshop. It's called, uh, anyone want to guess it? The fist. Um, <laughs> yeah. It's just a humongous armored ship. And it's just only thrusters and armor. And yeah, so the game is completely physics-based too. So you can actually smash into stuff and destroy them that way. Um, and one thing I, I don't know if I mentioned, which I think is a really cool part of the combat as well, is that every individual module has its own like physics collider. So if you want to, if you're in the middle of a heated battle, like you can actually shoot off the enemy's individual guns and, and disable their guns in combat, you know, and, and then, then you can fly over closer and you can take them out. So um, so armored ships with just thrusters is actually like very viable. Um, that's a very viable build. Like you can just be mashing into things and blowing them up. Um, or like you said, if you want to mess around, you can just, you can just smash a space station into a planet that's happened before too. You know, what would be, <laughs> would be awesome is if you had a button 
that was like a tractor beam that just randomly grabbed every block around you and just glommed it onto your ship where just wherever it would stick. Like it flies at you and it just like clicks together, you know, in, in some chaos shape, but then you can <laughs> just literally like, in the works now. Like, cause we have oh, tractor awesome. beams in the game. Yeah. We have tractor beams in the game. I don't, I was, I don't know if I mentioned that. I was going to say, so, is it like a freelancer style tractor beam where this blue lightning goes out from your ship and blah, 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 it gets sucked in. Is it kind of like it's that? a little, it's a little too much like that. Yeah, I have to say. And, <laughs> yes, um, yay! Because I could see what? just like ramming somebody, and like all the pieces fly off, and then I hit the button, and they all like smack to my ship, and it's like I'm a giant killer snowball just yeah. rolling through the universe. Okay, so there's so there's <laughs> kind of two things with that. One, the intention of the tractor beam burst is just for ease of collecting modules, but. I mean, I guess I suppose that because um, it would then it would then once it get close it gets close enough it would then get sucked into your cargo space, which happens automatically. But I guess in your case, if you didn't have any cargo, yeah, they probably would just be. What's that? Um, Katamari. What's that guy? Yeah, that exactly. Name? Yes. A Katamari. Yes. I guess that would probably work too. Uh, but um, but with tractor beams right now, if you put enough of them on there, you can actually grab ships, and if you have enough thrust and if you have enough weight. Um, it, it responds to the physics in the game. So you can actually slingshot, uh, if you drag them and you just pull hard, you can actually slingshot, uh, ships like into planets or into asteroids or into space stations and destroy them that way. Oh, yeah. can you just rip pieces off of them? No, you can't rip pieces oh. off because it kind of grabs like the whole ship as a whole. Right. But, um, um, one time I, uh, this was actually pretty awesome. I grabbed a, a uh, an asteroid and I started, I, I put it, I put the tractor beams behind me and I started my warp thrust because there's three different types of travel in the game. There's just your regular thruster. There's warp, which goes above light speed. And then there's like interstellar, which goes from system to system. But, um, I, I grabbed the track, I grabbed the asteroid with my tractor beams. I started warping forward and eventually because it's, it kind of, it's like a bungee kind of it, you lose it, but it maintains some of that momentum. And we had it so that the tractor beam will remember what the last thing that it tracked onto. So if you can then go back and it's got some momentum now, and then you can kind of carry it with you faster and faster. I had an asteroid going above light speed, crashed right into a space station, made the space station go flying. And then all the minerals and stuff went flying all over the place. And I was able to then like collect it. But then of course I didn't have a space station to bring it back to since I think it got thrown into a space, uh, a planet, but there's all kinds of just like fun, stupid stuff you can do with the physics engine too. Not cool. Now, uh, you say you can build bases around planets, but there's not going to be much to do like on planets right now, which is fine. I'm just curious. Right. And the space station um, creation and destruction, that's planned for a couple patches from now once we're done with some of the, the launch hotfixes. So right now the space stations, there's one space, uh, space station that spawns in every star system um, in the game. Uh, but you'll be able to build it around planets, which then we, we wanted to we wanted to definitely take on some properties of that planet. So there will be some kind of planetary scanning. But the only thing that you can do to planets now is fly into them and get destroyed in their atmosphere. <laughs> that's, so. to, that's totally fine, though. That is, yeah. that is totally fine. I mean, I kind of get annoyed when people are like, can you land on planets? I'm like, we don't have to. Just why do we need to just? Let go. There are plenty of right, games. Right, like that... I'll let Star Citizen do like the you yeah. know, the five different modules and with well, hundred million dollars. Yeah, not only that, but it's like there are plenty of games that let you futz around on planets. You know? Right. Just just uh just relax. <laughs> right, right. 
crazy. Um, so, <clears throat> excuse me. So I basically, basically my uh, experience has been like play a bit of the tutorial, get one mission and, uh, die about 10 times. Um, one thing I was curious about, cause I got a mission to like scan a black hole, but yeah. no, nowhere could I find any kind of indicator as to where I was supposed to go next, either on the map or like on the HUD. So was I missing right. something or is it not no, there not, yet? not in that case. No. So, so some of the missions do tell you exactly where to go. Like if you open up your star map, it'll, it'll put like an indicator, you know, that there's a, that there's something to do there. Or if you look at um, your, if you look uh, in your surroundings, it'll have like a yellow indicator of where to go next for your quest. The black hole one is kind of like a, I don't want to call it like an Easter egg, but it's definitely like a surprise. So it's one of those ones you'll keep it in your task list until you run into a black hole. And then you can kind of find out for yourself. I won't ruin it for the listeners. Oh, okay. So that, that, that explains that. Cause I was like, where am I supposed to go this? And, and the mission to text, I'll be ad- admit it didn't tell me a lot and it's probably purposeful. So. Right. I, it does tell you some important details, but that's, yeah, I'll leave it at that. Other than that, it's just kind of like a, kind of a surprise. I do have a question about uh, your building limits. Are you limited into the size and scope of how large you can make a ship? Um, only by your GPU, really. Um, like we have, if you look at one of the ships on our on our uh, on our workshop, uh, Killer Cough, that one has, I think, at least fifteen hundred modules, individual pieces. Yeah, it's got like ninety six um, guns on it, and. So, so you're saying that that's limited by the person's GPU, right? So it's going to load up. It's going to be able to process as fast as you know. Like if you load up something with three thousand modules, you'll probably have to turn down some of your settings because um, it optimizes quite a lot of that away, similar to how Minecraft does chunking. But because we have a lot of different types of modules, it means that we can't have as big of chunks. I'm trying to not get too technical here, but um that's kind of that's kind of how that works and then on top of that because individual modules are damageable that also kind of reduces the amount of different chunks that we can have so every time you get damaged we kind of recalculate some of your chunks so it's just kind of one of the decisions that we made in order to keep that immersion and keep that i don't want to say realism but just that responsiveness that when you get hit by something you can see where it hit you and you can see which modules are damaged and which ones you're going to need to heal and replace so um we could technically make the game more performant by uh, removing that damage portion, but the game is all is already very performant. Um, I think I was running a killer cough, which is a humongous ship. Um, I mean, just to put it in perspective, like you start off with twenty five hundred wax coin, and I think I think killer cough costs like one hundred and fifty thousand wax coin. So that takes like a long time to to build in the campaign. Um, and when you're in the creative mode, like there's really not any limit to like how big it can be. Like I, I, I imagine that you could probably still stay at 60 FPS building at least 3,000 a 3,000 module ship. It's only when you go into battle and you start doing damage and stuff like that that um, those things kind of come into play. So if you want to go into creative and you just want to build as big a ship as you want to, I mean, I don't know. Like you, you guys will have to tell me like how big it can go because 1,500. I think that one took like eight hours to build. So well, the killer cough it does fine on my machine like flying it around but when i light them 96 guns up 
I feel it. Yeah, that, that cuts my frame rate about in half. But what I what I found was interesting. Um, I don't know if you just recently did this or did it all along, but I decided to shoot the space station with it a little bit, and those uh, the plasma cannon things. Um, those actually ricochet whenever you hit the thing, so they they were kind of like splashing all over the place whenever I hit it. I didn't even know neat. it did that. Yeah, yeah that's awesome. <laughs> So yeah, because the space oh, station is indestructible, I think, because I shot the yeah. shit out of it. Right, yeah. it is. Yeah, it won't be for long though. Oh, so um, if you destroy a space station, besides there being no more space station, are there any like consequences? Like, because I didn't, I I wasn't sure if I noticed this, but there, are, I couldn't tell if there were like factions in the game or something like that. Like, are there going to be? Yeah, like, absolutely. It's and that's not, one of the reasons why oh, it's okay. taking us. Yeah, yeah, that's one of the reasons why we're um while we're taking a little bit of time, it's not just about like removing the model from the game. So I kind of mentioned there's all these corporations in the game. Um, you can see uh, two of the space stations that, you, that you'll find are the Oyster and the Valdez. Oh, those are, like, oh I two see. Competing. Oh, I see. Yeah, so they're not, just, they're, not just folks, they're not just folks. They're not just folks that can give you missions. They're actual factions that can like, exactly. They'll, they'll yeah. have relations with for and against. Right. Oh, okay. Yeah, exactly. So, so when you destroy one of their space stations um, for one, their stock in the galactic stock market is going to drop. So if you have one of their rivals, it's going to rise. Um, and then also they're going to attack you because like, you know, there's going to be some guys popping out, you know, warping into that system to try and kill you. And you're definitely risking like getting destroyed if you, if you kill one of their space stations. So, um, so there's going to be a whole lot of different effects with building and destroying space stations. That's pretty awesome. Yeah, and that's coming like very soon. Once we get once we get done with these hot fixes, like, I mean, that's one of the top things on our list is um is to implement that. That was actually like really really close to making it into um into the launch, but uh, we just needed to make sure that the game itself was stable, and we kind of had to do a hard cut line of you know where where we were gonna draw the line on new features and stuff. But yeah, you're gonna see that within the next like couple weeks, most likely. And um. How how far along would you say you guys are in early access? Like, do you have a percentage in mind? Do you don't want to say? I mean, I I understand if you don't want to say, but how do you have an idea of how far along you you are till being to one point Sure, we're technically okay. I I like to think that we put together a really polished, really finished game for early access. So we actually called our early access launch one and our full Steam launch is going to be two point Um. And the main things that we want to have for 2.0 are um, uh, crafting modules, uh, buildable and destructible space stations, as well as being able to um, start corporations, and most importantly, multiplayer. So we're going to have multiplayer completely finished before we do our, our full launch on Steam. Um, our, our goal, uh, generally speaking, is about six months, but... Players on early access, they're going to be able to play multiplayer far before that because we're going to be implementing it. We're going to, you know, we're going to be like working on it and working out the kinks and people will be able to do some rudimentary multiplayer well before then. It's just once that's all finished, once those extra few features are in there, that's when we're doing our full launch. So, Okay, so that that could be a bit down the line. Um, But it sounds like, see, this is what, concerns me about early access sometimes is that people don't seem to have the proper expectation you know what i mean of 
where a game is, how long it's going to take. And it sounds like you guys are setting up the right expectations in terms of what's I mean, the majority of the features in the game are done. You know, this is like a sandbox game where you build ships and you have combat. So, I mean, the basics of it are there and it works real nice and it's been really popular with players so far. So really it's just a matter of kind of completing our own vision, which we hope that players will connect with even more. And on top of that, this game, it's just the type of game where people want to play it in multiplayer. Like they want to take their ship and play with their friendship and fight and, you know, mess around or whatever. And so um, we kind of decided a long time ago uh, that we were going to go this route, that we were going to do multiplayer, but we just knew that we had to make sure that the game was as, as close to perfect as possible in single player before doing that. So we figured early access would be the best route. And uh, no, I mean it sounds like cuz there there are games that totally fail at early access. But it sounds like you guys are um sounds like you guys are doing it kind of the right way. You're taking your time, you're being communicative. You know, you're trying to foster a community around it. Like I just someone on Twitch said they're a member of this test gaming stream team and they've been streaming you for a while now apparently. Yeah, hello. so I actually met them down at Pack South, and um, they say hello. They really kind of, by the way. <laughs> who who uh, test test does, or the person who is bringing one that the, up? One of the people from Test says hello from Twitter. Commander Z Man. Oh, hey, what's up, Commander Z Man? Yeah, he's been he's been streaming the game a ton. Yeah, I actually met some of the people from Test down at Pack South. I met one of their moderators, uh, Fast Cart. And is that um, the same test from Eve Online? Different they, test. They, they definitely do Star Citizen. I I I I just got to know them over the past month or so, so I don't know everything that they stream yet. I've okay, yeah, that's them then. Sure, and um, yeah, really, really awesome people, and they just love space games, and they especially love like new and indie and kind of experimental, and you know, I mean, they're people who who love and play Star Citizen, so. You know, you gotta you gotta be able to like see the 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 end vision in a game. Like if you're gonna if you're gonna buy into something like Star Citizen. So those same people, I think they see like what we're trying to do with Lightspeed Frontier, and it's kind of like a mini Lego Star Citizen in the sense that it has this whole you know we have this whole economy in mind, and we have this whole theme in mind, and we have all these these different features that we want to have. We want to have the multiplayer, and so I think they just love that. You know, hey, I want to hop on, I want to build this ship, and I want to just you know wreck some other ship or just get wrecked myself or whatever and so i think they really kind of they, they really like that kind of style of game and um and yeah and it was it's been awesome meeting them and talking to them i went to a uh, bar citizen which was one of their events um at pax east and got to meet some of them in person and yeah that was a lot of fun too uh florida in the chat asks what this what sets this game apart from other space games you you you're about a, you're about uh 45 minutes late <laughs> Florida, and we already uh, we already asked this, but to to recap, uh, one of the big things that sets us apart is humor, and this is true. Not a lot of space games have uh, workable humor. Like they either take themselves too seriously or try to be funny, and just 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 don't. <laughs> Right, like, and we don't take ourselves seriously at all. Like, we even get that, like, a lot of the jokes probably fall flat on their face and people just don't get it or they don't think it's funny or they think it's offensive or whatever. But we just don't really, we just don't really care. And a lot of this is is because it was, um, it was, uh, it was 
kind of the brainchild of this guy, Vid, this, you know, Slovenian high school student who like, he has this just funny kind of like, he kind of grew up in like <laughs> meme culture, you know, he's like a, he's like a younger, a younger guy. And you can definitely see a lot of that stuff in the game. Um, and yeah, I just kind of like let him run with it. And I think it's hilarious to be honest. So um, yeah, the, the humor is something that we don't try to take too seriously. We're just like, like, you know, sometimes we'll be chatting in discord and there'll be some, you know, funny joke that keeps coming up and we'll be like, Hey, all right, throw it in the game somewhere. doesn't matter. Throw it in the game. And it, you know, and it just works. It just, it just, it just works. Yeah, it totally does work. So, um, what would you say is the big thing you guys are working on right now? Like what is the big thing you guys are trying to fix right now? Um, we've actually already gotten a start on multiplayer. So that's one of the biggest things, but as far as fixes, as far as fixes and as far as features for the current game, they're coming really, really soon. Um, one of our developers, Hey Dan, are you listening? Are you working on this? It's, uh, (laughs) being able to build from, um, from the inventory. So that when you pick up all of your modules in the cargo, that they'll be, uh, kind of clickable and draggable from your inventory onto your ship. Um, cause we just want to make the building, we want it to be immersive, but we also want it to be intuitive. And so I'd say one of the most requested features so far has been a tool like that. Like they really like that you can click and drag the stuff from the middle of space. Like no other game really does that. I think TerraTech does that on, on ground, but I don't know that any other space games really do that. And so it's, um, it's, it's been kind of a tough thing for us to learn how that really works because it's something new. We can't look at another game and say, let's do that. So um, we're going to build this inventory system probably in the, within the next couple of days. I hope that'll be done by the end of the week. That'll be the, the, the final like big feedback that we're going to be implementing. Um, and other than that, it's just going to be more content. We've already created another command module, for example. We want to be adding a lot more of those, um, uh, just modules in general different types of weapons, armor, that kinds of thing. Um, I know Vid has a new faction planned, so that's going to give a whole nother set of, of modules. That might not be in the near future, but that's something that we're working on. Um, and then we want to update the the, uh, the mobile app. So I don't know if most people know this, but you can actually build ships wait. on an Android device wait, wait, by wait, clicking wait, and dragging. Wait, wait. wait, what? You didn't know about that? No, I did not know. I don't really follow mobile gaming much. I don't have the brain space to. <laughs> yeah, I mean... so we actually have a mobile app for the game where you what? can uh, you can download this. Yeah, if you go onto the game, you can go to the in the the building um, the the blueprint shop. There's actually a, a tab for mobile sync, so you can actually sync ships that you build on your phone over Wi-Fi or whatever into your game and play it, you know, load it up and play it. And we want to add a couple more features to that, but overall it's actually working really great. That's is is there going to be an iOS version as well? Uh yeah, we just need to find uh some iPhones to test it on, I think, and I think a <laughs> Mac to compile it on, but yeah, eventually. <laughs> I I hear you. Uh that that how does that work exactly? Do you do you, is it like a is it a full 3D thing on the Android? Is it top yeah. down? Oh, full wow. three, no, it's full, it's full 3D. You rotate the ships, you click and drag. It's got every module in the game. You click and drag the modules from a little bar and you slap them on the ship. It actually works out really, really great. Um, we, we just want to, some things we want to update with it. We have a new um, building algorithm, which just makes it a little bit more precise, a little more accurate when you're dragging modules from the app onto the ship. Um, but other than that, it still works really great. I've made a, hey, uh, Jim, you remember that image I sent you a long time back? The app onto the ship. Um, but other yep. than that, it still works really great. I've made a, hey. Sorry, 
Someone was saying Twitch was twitchy, so I was just taking a quick look at it. Oh, sure. I was like, hey, why is that guy? No, no. Someone was saying Twitch was problematic, so I was just taking a quick look at the dashboard. and Twitch is actually problematic, let me tell you. It it wasn't muted right now. The dashboard is saying the stream is excellent. I don't know. I don't know. Um, Which is nice. I have a high voice. Man, do I really sound like that, guys? I I know. It's (laughs) It's always weird when you hear yourself, isn't it? Yeah, I'm not too worried about it. It is. I, I, I just wish I sounded like Jim. <laughs> well, I'm I'm kind of sick, right? Like if I'm if I'm sick like one more day, I'm gonna turn into Barry yeah. White. <laughs> like, He's got that country music star voice going on right now. I'm be like, yeah, hey girl. <laughs> so you know I, what time it is? I I keep meaning to ask because I keep forgetting, but I keep meaning to ask. This is not like Unity or something. This is like what engine is this running on that you can have all these. All these, um, all these blocks with all this physics going on. What what engine are you? Uh, to actually run on an open source uh, Java based game engine. And before you all start gasping, no, it's actually no. incredibly well. It's actually incredibly well supported. Um, I think some of the developers might laugh. No, what's, right now, no, but, what's the name uh, of it? Because we there was another. It's called game. JMonkey Engine. Do you guys remember? I, if I'm remembering correctly, there was another game we had. Another de- game we had on the show. They used a Java engine, I think. I can't remember what it was off the top of my head. But this is not the first time we've heard of a an engine, a Java-based engine. JMonkey, it's called? Yeah, it's called JMonkey Engine. Yeah, it's a really J- professional name. I think I've heard of that before. I'm going to have to look it up. I posted, uh, I posted a little screenshot of the mobile app on the stream chat. Oh, so. come on. <laughs> Have some goddamn decorum. You're a developer for God's uh, sake. You know what? You know what? Listen, everybody could use a good old dick butt every now and then. <laughs> oh yes. You know that's Supposed that's to be the thing. I'm, here. I'm truly hoping that whenever you flesh out the the corporations and factions in the game, you will remember me and put one in called the shit lords. And I want to make a moddable. I want people to be able to upload their own billboards that they made in, I don't even care, Microsoft Paint, whatever. Throw that <laughs> thing into the into the workshop and download it, dude. If you want to make your corporation called the, the shitlords, then be my guest. Oh, my God. Yeah, because they'll, they'll deal in dank memes. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> and they'll have a space station called Star Chan. It'll be great. <laughs> Poor Brian. <laughs> will, will, will 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 their ship be called the dankiest meme? Will that be the, the will that be their big giant carrier like Spaceball One? Type it'll be it'll ridiculous? be called Grumpy Ship. <laughs> Grumpy McGrumpy <But> Ship. Exactly. <laughs> Shippy McShipface. Oh, yeah. So, so this engine. Whoa! Sorry, the cats are hissing at each other. I don't know if you guys can tell. I'm a little out of it today. It's it was daylight savings time two days ago, and I don't know about you guys, but that throws me for a gosh darn loop every every time. Like it takes me three to four days to recover from daylight savings time. I don't know about you guys, <laughs> but I am so loopy right now, just so so loopy. And this is not drugs or alcohol. It's lack of sleep. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm running on like four hours. I don't know how I'm going. I'm probably just going to sleep for 24 it's, hours. It's probably this. adrenaline. It's probably adrenaline. Seriously. Oh, yeah. Talk it about lack adrenaline. of sleep. How how did that launch go for you? Did the forums explode like I told you it was going to happen? 
forum? Uh, you didn't have a lot of support issues, though. What happened? No, we didn't have barely any issues. Like mostly, most, for most launches, the forums just explode with all these different trolls and flamers and people just trying oh, to. Oh, oh, the Steam make forums. Your, make your life hard. Right, the Steam forums. Right, we launched a week ago. Yes, okay. Yes. Right, but we didn't really have much of that. And I even told my developers, I was like, nobody respond. Like, let me just take care of it and this and that, and I'll be the band hammer and I'm gonna make sure that everything <laughs> runs smooth. And like, we had like one thing I ever had to even respond to. <laughs> That's amazing. So it was like really, yeah, it really was. Um, I mean, I wish, the only thing I really wish so far is that the, the coverage would pick up a little bit, but, you know, just having the people who are kind of dedicated to streaming it right now and you guys and just being able to talk to people about the game, like, I think that's going to pick up just once people realize, you know, wow, this actually is a good game. Like, it's got only positive reviews. It's got a really good, solid community. It's got a solid, you know, developer presence on Steam. And that's that's what we hope for. If, you know, if it's not going to happen by luck, then... I guess we're just going to grind it out and hope we can, you know, get the word out there about the game. Well, that's the constant uphill battle you're facing as a developer and a publisher is visibility, right? It's getting the eyes on uh, because there's well, so many games, offend. so many games. Sorry, guys. I said basically you have to offend somebody somehow, and then you'll get press coverage. Um, is that really the way? You that's kind of true. Is that really the way anyone wants to go? I, I, I can't imagine that's a long term. I'll, I'll, I'll put something I'll put something up in the workshop for you. It'll get it done. Uh-huh. Um if you look up clips from Captain Richard from Test, uh I think you guys will find something like that pretty quickly. But oh, um already okay. There's uh yeah, I mean that that was uh completely accidental too, but I just thought it was really funny. But yeah, definitely check out the test stream. Yeah, but nothing nothing tops first party dick butt though. That's excellent. <laughs> I was I was thinking about trolling the elite community, right? Because they got like all these Thargoid messages and like the they were like embedding stuff in in sound files, and then people would like analyze the sound and and find coordinates out of it, and then figure out like what places to fly to so i thought well i can take one of these star maps and actually like make a, a constellation that's shaped like dick butt you know just be like a connect the dots thing and then figure out how to get that into like a wave file and then stick it in a youtube video and say i i encountered this thargoid probe and it made this weird noise can anybody tell me what it is and just let them do their work right and then when they map it out it'll be dick butt if you happen to accidentally do that and accidentally send it to me and then I accidentally upload it to Steam, I'll let you know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I could just see, because, uh, dude, those guys go, you know, it's like, oh, my God, new evidence. And then, you know, like the tinfoil hats go on full force, right? It's like Elite's got that community. Like, the, it's it's like a... a augmented reality game thing you know where they it's like a game outside the game yeah they played that masterfully by the way i think um by you know putting weird code stuff in and they they give people stuff to talk about on the forums while they're trying to figure stuff out and then i sit back and i'm like i know they know what they're doing but it makes me wonder like do they know what the hell they're doing and then (laughs) you know it's like it's like watching Lost, right? It's like, is this part of the plan, or are they just making this shit up? And right, but anyway. yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of it's but they, just they need to be you trolled. Just do 
Yeah, you gotta you gotta put a whole bunch of different stuff in the game for people to find any of it, and you have to be huge, like Frontier. <laughs> yeah, well, some of that stuff, you know, is like, well, how long had it been there before anybody found it? Right. right. They, and they get the game files are all encrypted, right? So, um, but people like look through what they can see and try to figure out, like, is there something new in here? You know, this file change size or something, right? Yeah. So, yeah. Or uh, some Steam patch or something. Yeah, that's that's one way that I at least because um, I I have a I own a lot of games too, so sometimes I forget I own them. But I every day on Steam I look at that update list. It's like Christmas every day, like ooh. And sometimes I'll be like, oh yeah, I own that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you have fourteen thousand games on Steam, so it's no wonder that uh... someone does. I don't think Brian does, but somebody does. I do not, but yeah, we were earlier on uh, Discord today, folks. Earlier on Discord today, folks, we were talking about, um, we were looking at Steam stats and, uh, or SteamDB. It was one of the calculators. And via some links, I found someone like on Steam who owns 14,500 some games. Ninety uh, percent of which, ninety percent of which were unplayed. Yeah, not, like ninety-two, wow. ninety-six, unplayed. something like that. Yeah, I think he had like nine hundred hours in Left 4 Dead Two, and then like seven hundred mm. hours in 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 Counter Strike. Now, was and, was this somebody that's media? Because they they do well. Know. They do okay. So they do have a thing um, where you can get a special like Gaben level pass. If you're like super elite, cool media that you just automatically get every game that comes on steam. It just, it drops in your account. You have full access to anything. Very few people have that though. I'm not one of them. Is that, that we saw someone else on steam today who yeah. has, um, level eleven eleven. Like I didn't even know it can go up that. Yeah. 1,111. Yeah. Yeah, I, I had no but idea. But that guy, but that guy, that guy is pretty pretty famous. Uh, was it Palm Tree or something like that? Something like that, yeah. Uh, Palm like Palm that. Desert. He uh he he made he made headlines on like Kotaku and these other places that were looking for an article, and uh, he essentially plays Steam the game. He does all like the Steam card market trades and uh you know his like you know his Steam levels over one thousand. It's craziness. God. Yeah. So speaking of steam crap and and hooking those fish, are you going to put like cards and and achievements and and all that stuff? Achievements. Yeah, we got yes. some achievements in there. We got we got a good amount of achievements in there. Um, you should. You should. I like that word. I like that and word. And then and then the the players. You just have like a a wedge shaped block that's different colors of cheese, right? Like a a bitmap on it. Um, but you know, it's like. Uh, achievement unlocked monster there yeah actually you know what we probably will i mean if you saw the achievements that we have in the game already yeah um, well that no that would not serious okay so you you could put satellites around right and the satellites just broadcast uh like numbers right it's like did you did you uh did you play um call of duty uh what was the the off year Call of Duty, the black uh, whatever the heck it is, Black Ops, I guess. Probably not. Okay, so they had a they they had a 
a part of the story was these number stations, which are actually a real thing, right? So it, it was like the the Russians during the Cold War. They would have these stations that would just play a sequence of numbers, red over and over, right? And it drove our intel guys nuts. Like, what the hell do these numbers mean, right? Yeah. So you could put satellites out there that just, like, have numbers, right? And then players could, like, figure out those are coordinates to something, and that leads them to a piece of cheese. And <laughs> That would actually be pretty cool, yeah. Yeah. And then it, and then it could tie in with that. We book. like fun yeah. achievements. Adds a, yeah. whole, adds a whole new level to geocaching. Yeah, seriously. Yeah, exactly. We call it geode caching, right? It's asteroids. Yeah. <laughs> but you need a special laser that's called a cheese cutter, and that's the only <laughs> way that you can mine the cheese. I don't like, know. It sounds like cheese can be modded in, so you can have asteroids made of cheese, and uh, you know, like mozzarella oh. asteroids. And, yeah, but if you yeah. get all the cheese, you put it together, and it actually assembles into like a Voltron type space mouse. Oh no, I was thinking if you if you it mine would be all... like Sinistar, but a mouse. Oh no, I was thinking cheese. if you mine all the cheese, all of a sudden your engines go faster because there's all all this extra output, and it just makes this. Yeah, it's it's cheesy, right? Like, and that's what your engine. Oh sounds my! Like. No, that would be beans, space beans. Cheese doesn't make you fart. Not me. Might be you. A little bit. Maybe Next you're. Time maybe, on Space Game are you lactose intolerant? <laughs> Not really. But if I Those eat your too, gluten's. But I, I I do love me some cheese. So there have been times in my life where I've eaten too much of it, yeah. and and you know. You got to be careful with that. Gluten's in an uproar. My oh. my my gluten's are uh, my my gluten's aren't very happy. Wow, that went on a high. No, because they know they, so, they can tell. So, uh, they can tell if you're Space Jedi because right? they test you and see what your what your. Uh, <laughs> I swear to God, I'm not drunk. Uh, it's like his gluten level is over nine thousand. He'll bring balance. To I'm the sorry. Force. I'm feeling very. I'm feeling very silly tonight. I apologize. I'm. I'm feeling very silly tonight. Um. Hey, speaking of silly, real another real quick tangent. Did you guys see the whole Jeff Bridges, the dude abides for? Um, what? John Goodman, and when he got his star, what? Wait, yeah, that what? was pretty awesome. So, so John Goodman just got a star on the Hollywood. He Walk just of Fame, got right? one. Yeah, should have gotten so one as a, part of. He should have gotten one millions of years ago. And so, as part of his like ceremony for getting the star, um, one of the uh, fellow actors to uh, give a speech was Jeff Bridges. So Jeff Bridges walks up onto the stage with the with the big leather bag and hands it to John Goodman, opens it up and pulls out the dude's sweater jacket, <laughs> puts it. Yeah, on, this was the bag that had the, the the underwear in it. Yeah, and, and, and proceeds <laughs> to give the eulogy speech. Oh God, it was epic. Well, it's, it's but Brian it's, still hasn't seen this movie, right? No, I've seen it. It makes sense because. No, oh, I've seen okay. the Big Lebowski. No, it makes oh, okay. sense because a lot of the clothes that he wore in that movie were his own. Were his own clothes. Yeah. Yes, I know. Yeah. yeah. That's why I think Tron Legacy is a Jeff Lebowski fever dream because it's basically the dude dreaming about computers, basically. <laughs> <laughs> That's the only way that movie makes sense. All, all he would have needed was like, uh, like a bowling alley in that house and it would have been it. <laughs> Hey, that club with uh, Daft Punk in it was pretty close to the bowling alley in uh, Big Lebowski. Very similar. It was full of nihilists, man. Very, very similar. 
Wow. The whole movie so... was just one long, like, you know, Daft Punk music video. Exactly. It's really, oh, well, it kind of was. I'm, I'm, I'm sort of sad, but then not sad that they're not making the third one because the third one was going to be like the, the programs come into the but real the world. The second one was so like, God, bad. No. The second one was so bad. It wasn't, it wasn't as bad as I think it, it's, it it's was to be. though. It was so bad. Uh, sorry. Well, I, he just needs yeah, to get his, He just needs to get his dad from backup tape, and then they'll be good. <laughs> oh, you did have backups, didn't you, Mister Flynn? <laughs> which were which were actually on tape back in back yes. in the eighties. Big 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 tapes, um, like uh, Winter Soldier. Just lots. Well, and lots imagine of imagine the shenanigans that would ensue because that whole Tron world was just in a mainframe that was in his basement, right? So what if that got plugged into the internet? Mm. Wow. That would be some shenanigans. Be the best you know, the ever. cartoon was actually really good. I heard the cartoon. The cartoon was, really was yeah. I heard the cartoon was very good. Anyway, back would to space games. Would they get like games. 16 episodes out of that or something? Yeah, something like that. <laughs> Sorry, uh, Philip. We, um, we do go on tangents every once in a while. But you've been in our Discord server. You know our tangents. You, you've been yeah, I think now. I've contributed to uh, one or two in my day. <laughs> one or two, you son of. <laughs> oh my god. Um. So yeah. So one thing I wanted to touch on because you said your last game, uh, Fallen Stars, you were the developer, right? Right. And now you're the publisher. How are right. you finding those two sides of the coin? Like, are you liking one more than the other? Is one easier than the other? Like, how are you? How are the differences affecting you, and and like what are the differences? Would you say in those two? Because we don't get to, we don't talk to a lot of people that have done both. You know, we either talk to people who are publishers or PR people, or we talk to developers. We usually don't talk to people who have straddled both sides of that line. So, so as someone who has, like, what are like the big, what are like the big differences between being just a publisher and or or just a developer? Right. And, um, and I wouldn't even say like publisher isn't even like a good, like a, a good word for what I do, because I would say my biggest role is, is in production, um, just organizing all the different pieces of, you know, what makes a game a game. So, you know, I have all these different contacts and art and um, com- music composition and uh, development and uh, QA and testers. And I just bring all these different pieces together into something that at the end of the day, hopefully is a very good game. And it just takes a lot of time. And so one of the things I found with development is that, um, yeah, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a good enough developer where I made um, the majority of my first game by myself. But I realized like once I brought someone on who just does like development, they don't do all the other stuff at the same time. Um, they can just do what I did way faster and way better. So I was like, well, what am I doing wasting my time with this? If it takes me eight hours to do something that takes another guy one hour to do, you know, so to speak, um, why don't I just focus on the stuff that most people aren't very good at? And that's, you know, like I've organized, you know, three booths at major, major conventions, you know, PAX. Um, that takes a lot of work. I've, I um, I do all like the media outreach. I I even hired like a PR company to help with the media outreach for this game and working with them and getting all those requirements put together. And there's just so much that goes on to creating a good game, a polished game. 
um, outside of actually programming. And I just kind of found that I'm a lot better at just keeping all those pieces moving forward um, instead of just focusing on the one aspect, which is the development. And it's a major, major, major aspect. But um, there's a lot more to making a successful game than just, uh, you know, just good programming. Right. And and that's that's one thing we find a lot of developers seem to have trouble with is um let's let's just call let's just use the umbrella word marketing. Um they might be great at project management, you know. They might be great at creating their game, but marketing is a whole other thing. Uh Yeah, and- it definitely is. Um and it's kind of it's kind of like a mix between being a numbers game and being a science. So there are certain things that you have to do, like with your marketing materials and with your timing and with your pacing and all that has to be done just right. And then once you have it just right, then it's just like a Gatling gun. Then you just got to do it like as much as you can. You got to follow up, you know, X amount of times. You got to do X amount of press releases. You got to go to X amount of conventions. You got to give away X amount of, you know, uh, promotional material, like, all this stuff, it's like once you get that down, then it's a matter of just doing it like full throttle. So um, and it, it took me, it's, I'm still learning a lot about, um, you know, how to do that right. But I've learned a ton up until this point. And um, so far, I know the stuff that I do really well. And that's, I, I exhibit the game very well. Um, I get it in front of a lot of testers. And, you know, I keep that community engagement going. Like our Discord server is always active. We've always got people in there and stuff like that. Um, and now what I'm working with is just building up some of those connections in the, you know, like the content creator and the broadcaster side, um, you know, with Twitch and with YouTube and just making sure that those people will kind of keep remembering, you know, like my name or my games or my brand every time I contact them so that they'll know that what I'm producing is good. So starting that is really hard because, um, you know, I don't have that for myself yet because this is the first game that I'm publishing. But, you know, I hope that over time that that's going to build up just by you know, sheer numbers and just by repetition. It sounds like, it sounds like an amazing journey. Do you feel like this is where you're going to stay in, in the, uh, in terms of gaming development, you're going to stay on like the management, moving all the pieces around side of things. It sounds like you're. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely. Um, and it really, it really just depends. I mean, I don't, I would love to start developing again. Like if I had, you know, if I had some some extra time to hop in and code some stuff, um, I would love to do a little bit of development here and there just so that I'm staying fresh with it so I can understand my developers better. Because, I mean, some of them are probably listening right now, but um, the biggest thing I ask them all the time is, how long is it going to take to do X? And they hate that question. And I hate asking it. But at the same time, I need to be able to, like, be able to gauge, you know, okay, I kind of know all the pieces. I kind of know, okay, you got to do this with the UI. You got to do this with the programming, you got to maybe do this with Steam, you got to check for these regressions, and how long is that going to take, let's put together a plan, and I kind of have all those little things in my head, and if I can just get some, you know, general guesses from the developers, like, I want to be able to stay fresh on that, like, I think this should kind of take this amount of time, and if they say something way too short or way too long, I can be like, well, how do you think, how are you going about that, and a lot of times they'll say, well, no, like, you didn't think of this, like, we got to actually go and, you know, you do all this other stuff. And I'm like, ah, crap, you're right. But then occasionally, because I was a developer and sometimes I can see the big picture better. Sometimes I'm like, well, let's just do it, you know, this little bit simpler way. I think it's going to achieve the same thing, if not better. And 
occasionally, rarely, I'm right in that sense. So <laughs> I want to stay fresh on the programming too. It, it, oh, it sounds like it sounds like an interesting challenge. Like it sounds like you're kind of where you want to be, but it it there's there's more that could be do, could you could be doing. But yeah, for sure. Like it, if I'm coming across like I know exactly what no, I'm doing, then no, no, um, no. But it sounds like you're I in a good. Don't. But <laughs> no, it sounds like you're in a good place. Is what I'm saying. And yeah. And it sounds like it's a good balance for you. And that's 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 really key is finding that balance of what works in your career. And it sounds like you're in a really balanced place right now. And that is not an easy thing to find. So kudos to you, yeah, sir. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> kudos to you, sir. That is not an easy thing to find. Um, I think we should start wrapping up because uh, I'm losing my mind. Um, so... Uh, we usually try to wrap up by asking um, what we're all playing right now, besides the game you're working on. So, um, Philip, I'll start with you. Is there anything you're working on, you're, you're playing right now, uh, besides Lightspeed Frontier, of course? Um, not really, but I am playing because I'm so busy, because I love incremental games, and, and also I love idle games. So, um, like games that run in the background, you kind of just like, you kind of just, uh, tweak like your players or, you know, your dungeon crawlers or whatever as they go along. I'm actually playing this one. My, my friend made it. Um, and it's called, uh, I think, I don't even know how to pronounce it. Like Rogue Athia and it's on Congregate and it's like one of the hardest games ever because the UI is totally crap. Is that but the one I'm, like, you've so been posting? To it. It's kind of like. Is that the one you've been posting screenshots of that looks like this really old DOS game? Yes, so it's got like the style of like an old DOS box and you have these adventurers, which are these little at signs and they just go through these, this dungeon randomly. They kind of crawl it through this, but you like buy like, um, like spells and upgrades and buffs and stuff for them. And it's basically like when you die, then you get more money to spend on your adventurers. And it's just this really stupid game, but. So it's like it funding a bunch my, of Twitch streamers. <laughs> it's like you, you could do that. Right? It's, like, it's not exactly no. I've heard of games like this where it's not exactly like a clicker. Like the protagonist kind of does their own thing, but you influence them in little ways. Like you buy them a better shield, or you yeah send them a send it. them a buff. You know, every now and again, you know, stuff like yeah, that. exactly. And there's yeah, this, but it's, there's, it's, it's kind of like there's a tip jar. Like if he's doing a if he's doing a good job adventuring, I'm gonna stuff a dollar in the tip jar for him. <laughs> kind we, of, it'll be like Patreon. He he could call it he could call it like um, Dungeon. Oh wow! Oh my! Wow, Jim, you need to well, jump Dungeon. on that. Good job, Jim. Jim really you great need to jump on that and make Dungeon. that right now before someone who heard this podcast just takes the rug out of under you. It makes it yeah, themselves. Jim, how are you going to spell that? How are you going to spell Dungeon? <laughs> uh, it'd be basically the same, but you need like some kind of French accent mark or something. I don't know. An umlaut? Dungeon? Dungeon? Make it like a, like an Ikea desk? Dungeon? Yeah. <laughs> or something like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I've seen the appeal of some of those. There was one I was playing a little while back it wasn't like kingdom of loathing but it was on the it was in that same 
vein where you play a god and you have a minion and your minion adventures in the world and every now and then you'll send them a buff or you'll send them a heal, you know, or, you know, you'll pat them on the back. Good job, you know. My god is talking. Yeah, there's one like Progress Quest, I think, is one big one. Yeah, that's a big one. Yeah, that is that is a big one. Or if a, if a guy's like really unlucky, you could just like buy him a new D20 because obviously the one he's got's broken. You know, that kind of reminds me of the board game um uh oh god, what was it? It's based on D&D. Um uh uh Water Deep Harbor or something like that. Yeah. Uh, Lords of Water Deep. Yeah, Lords of Water Deep. You essentially play the guys who send the adventurers out on adventures. Wait, what? Oh, yeah, I remember that. We talked about that when you came up here. How does that happen? How does that even work? So, 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 like, instead of being the adventurer, you are the one, like, you have a, you have a quest. And so you actually have to go around to different spots on the board collecting adventurers to go out on this quest for you. And so, like, you send the adventurers out on this quest as you've gathered them to be part of this party, essentially. And then that gets you more uh, points and stuff like that as you go around the board. It's pretty It's pretty nuts. And then, like, you own properties. So it's just, like, I can own this, like, you know, this uh, pub over here. And someone can own, like, a, a workshop over there that has, like, adventurers that come by. Oh, my God. Oh, I know what you're talking about. It's uh, It was on Kickstarter, right? Uh, I don't like think tavern, so. I think it's some of... tavern or something. No, no, it's called Lords of Waterdeep. Yeah, it's oh. a it's fantasy flight makes it. Oh, they do. Oh, is it a is that is that a digital? Yeah, it's, the, it's a full on it's a full on like board game. But uh, there's also a uh, tabletop it. simulator version of it. Anyway, this oh, okay. is like the the description of like kind of working with the adventurers in a different way is kind of like what that reminds yeah. me of. Well, oh, yeah, well, you're basically really cool. a patron. Of of the yeah, and your goal is to become Lord of Waterdeep Harbor. Essentially, is what you're trying to be. Like the so you're you're using these guys to like hunt for artifacts for you and get influence and do oh, that sounds awesome things. Skullduggery. Yes, that does sound not bad for a board are the, game. Are the particular lords um, archetypes like one guy would be like the thief? master or something kind, kind or of or but what? not that specific they're uh they're very unique uh um lords that you can choose from and it's random who you get every time so like you have like here's your lords to choose from they're all face down and you just randomly pick one and so depending on who you get or the type like you know it'll give you like a, a, a specific set of uh, skills that you want to try to acquire like you want to go for skull degree skills or i mean quests or you want to go for uh more of these kind of quests or uh-huh. Interesting. Jim, Hunter, what about you guys? What have you been playing? Stellaris. I think that speaks for both of us. By the way, folks, um, <laughs> we are starting with the help of our friend of the show, friend of the site, friend of the Discord, friend of all of us, Chrono. Uh, he is going to start running Sunday uh, Stellaris streams. Um. It started as a thing where, like, just a few guys started playing Stellaris, and now it's, like, almost a dozen people. Yeah, this last Stellaris. Sunday, we had we had seven people playing a that's Stellaris an, match. We played amazing. for about six hours straight. Jesus. And, uh, wow. I, I blinked, and the weekend was gone. <laughs> it was like... 
And the th- crazy thing about Stellaris is you get a group of people going, you start talking about stuff, you'll talk about the game, and then, like, you're just, you know, you're waiting for the game to progress as you're going through stuff, and, like, the next thing you know, like, two hours have gone by, and you're like, but I only captured one planet. Like, <laughs> Yeah, it would, make, it would make an excellent six-hour-long podcast, basically. It's like, it's us in tangent mode for six hours, and you know how <laughs> deadly that can be. Oh, dear. Plus, and so... Plus, like, well, space politics. Space, yeah, as well as space politics. So, you know, it, it gets really interesting, and it's a lot of fun. We're having a good time with it. Um, and nobody's it, as dumb as all of us. Well, what's interesting about it is we're noticing as we get later in the game, we run into um, some weird game mechanic issues. Like, the, the game almost gets slightly bugged. Um, so I don't know if that's something that... It's almost like a memory is... leak and it desyncs and does weird shit. And, and it's like Hunter would end up being like four, three days, four days behind. behind. Yeah. And yeah, then like, then, which... then you'd like reboot the computer and cause you can hot join in the middle of these matches, which is crazy. So like we can be playing and someone can just join in. Um, and so like I would reboot my computer, join back in and we'd be resynced, but it would just be like something just, it's like things ain't working or you'd get like a month worth of pop-ups in your face like bang all this crap happened and it's like while you were out (laughs) hello adventurer (laughs) but anyway no we're so we're doing the stellaris thing on sundays we are having fun with it we might start a new one or we might keep the uh, the one going that we've already got we're yet to determine that the uh, other problem could be is we also started on a very uh, large galaxy with like a thousand stars, so oh, that could be part of what our problem is. I think uh, I think so what might... our problem is is Alex. Alex is our problem because he sits over oh, there. No. He sits over there and and he's like, "All I'm all alone over here. I don't have any friends." And then he's like, plotted to like tear down the whole freaking galaxy by the time we actually yeah, find well, it. We did, we, we did play the Star Trek mod yes. <laughs> with it, and he was the Romulans, and he was deliberately sending the Tal Shiar after all of us to try and like kill the Chancellor of the Klingons. Yeah, or, he was assassinating <laughs> my guys, blowing up warp cores in my ships. And he's like, it cost he's me like, some expensive like, shit. He was like, he's like, you guys okay? And we're like, what are you doing, dude? And he's like, I don't know what you're talking about. We're like, are you guys getting these crazy <laughs> random events that I'm sending out? Hey, you'd ask us. He's like, hey, is your guy all right? And we're like, what are you talking about? What the hell? <laughs> so it uh, it's a lot of fun. We have a good time. But as far as other games that I'm playing, I mean, I've got a laundry list. I I think I think when 2017 hit, I got hit with the virus again. And mm-hmm. I've, I've accumulated quite a few games. Um, so, like, I've been playing uh, Wildlands, I've been playing Stellaris, I've been playing uh, Eve, I mean, I've been, I mean, shoot, what else have I been playing? I was playing some Sins of a Solar Empire last night, played some Lightspeed Frontier today. Um, if I go to my recent thing on Steam, it'll tell me, oh, we've been doing a lot more Elite Dangerous lately. Uh, got back into some Osiris New Dawn uh, a little bit recently. Um, I finished Deus Ex Mankind Divided, which that was an interesting game. Uh, we picked up Pelion. That game still needs a lot of time in the oven. Maybe even in the kitchen before it goes in the oven. Um, I did Warhammer 40,000, um, or I guess War, Dawn of War 3 beta. 
oh, which I that? can't really talk about. Oh. But I'll, I really can't say much because the NDA. But uh, I will say this: I feel like it's too soon, and all we got to do was the multiplayer. And there was just something about the multiplayer that just didn't feel right. Um, and I'll just leave it at that. I mean, I think. I think maybe if I had an opportunity to play the single player and like see the the story and how the game mechanics work with the story, that'd be one thing. But um, one of our community members, uh, Medic, he and I both got access to the beta. And so we uh, did a multiplayer match together and we were just playing around with the different stuff. And there was just, it didn't feel like a Warhammer game at all. So my question about it without NDA breaking is, does it feel more like Dawn of War 1 or 2 or like none of the above it okay so if we're if we're saying like the the final iteration of Dawn of War 1 is like the best Dawn of War game with mods maybe Mm -hmm. (laughs) then it is it is far from that um is it more MOBA feeling because Dawn of War 2 was kind of MOBA feeling God, I mean, I mean, Donald War Two did have like that, that like that sense, but I feel like this beta. Uh, I mean, I'd have to go back into two to really kind of compare it. I haven't touched two in a, in a while. I, I just, I just know that it didn't feel like a game I really wanted to play, or it, it didn't even feel interesting to me. Yeah. Um, it, it felt, it felt legitimately. Well, Donald War Two is like uh, the hokey pokey forty k because you put your armies in, you take your armies out. <laughs> Put your armies in and shake them all about. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I'm trying to think. There was a there was another strategy game that came out uh, sometime in the early to mid aughts, and it felt very simplistic like that. And and some and some games can do simplistic well, where it's just like here's here's how you do this. It's real simple. You just do these X, Y, and Z, and then you play the game. Um, I, I think. And when it comes to a, an RTS game, it doesn't really get more simplistic than something like StarCraft, right? I mean, you have two resources that you mine, and then you just you just build stuff and, and fight. I mean, there are some like, well, if you want to get to like the real competitive level, it's just like, well, if you use a bunch of these units, they're really weak against these units and these new units, but strong against that. Like, you don't have to get that deep, you know, in a game um, to have fun with it. And this game, this game, I I, I literally felt like I had to. I didn't know anything, you know, and being, being the beta, it just, it felt confusing. The whole thing just felt confusing. So I I hope that by the time it comes out that they've ironed some things out, but at the moment I'm, I'm not feeling very good about it. As a matter of fact, I feel worse about this than I did about that other Warhammer game, that space combat one that we tried out, Jim. Um, Mm. I forget what the name of that game was. Um, Oh, the, um, uh, Battlefleet Gothic. Yes, yeah, that. I feel way worse about this one than I do that. Oh one. no! Like, Apparently, Battlefleet Gothic's gotten a lot better since launch, from what I understand. I, I need yeah, to, but it's I not. It. It's okay. I mean, but it's it's just kind of like the stuff that's there that should be complicated. They had to keep it simple because it's real time and there's mm. no pause. If it was like real time possible, then that would be another animal. Nice. But not so much because it's it's more multiplayer focused. I, speaking um, of Dawn of War, I I did play that. You guys recommended Dark Crusade to me because I hadn't. I even though I had owned them all. I, yes, I, how did I you like played. it? Well, once I added the mod to let you zoom out a little bit more because Jesus, 
Um, <laughs> yes, little, little, this is true. Little, little claustrophobic there. Uh, but once I could zoom out a little more and feel a little more like, oh my god, I can breathe. It was great. It was so great. Oh my god. Dark Crusade's the one with the Necrons in it, right? I think so. The one that introduced him. I, I, I think I it had the, the best campaign. I played the Tau, the one with the mm-hmm. Mecha guys, uh, and I really liked it a lot. So that oh, was awesome. Yeah. So so real quick, you want to talk about games that we're playing? Yeah. Uh, I have bought, <laughs> I have bought way too many. We I haven't even, even we haven't even talked about Zelda yet. Oh right, God! And oh, that's dear. the problem. That's that's the problem about Zelda is is it's on my console, which means I have to go out into the living room and play it. And like, I'm not always out in the living room to like ah. play it or enjoy it for like long periods of time because I really want to enjoy all that game has. And freaking speedrunners have now beat this game in like under like an hour. They got it clocked in Jesus. like 54 minutes or something like that. And and it's the nature of the open worldness of the game because the game starts out, and if you want to, you can like run straight to Ganon and just try and, and kick his ass. But you know, if you don't know what you're doing, you're gonna lose. But here's the thing: I was checking out the speedrunners um, video, and they're using the amiibo like loot crate drop-ins to to get to get it done in record time. And to me, I feel like, well, I don't know about that. Like that. That to me, I mean, like the 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 amiibo add-ins are cool, but I feel like if you're gonna do just just the game and try and use just the game to get through it, adding adding in the the special loot drops that you can get from amiibos is kind of uh, kind of like going along that edge that I consider to kind of be like, oh geez, I mean, I. I, I don't know. Like, I mean, you, you got these guys who do like Ocarina of Time in like a short period of time where they like glitch it out so bad that it's just like they, they get to Ganon so quickly because they've glitched through the game. I'm like, well, I guess if you're going to use glitches, maybe you can use loot drops to to make it official. But whatever. I just that's that's where I draw like a problem with like a speed run. Like, how can you like legitly speed run a game and beat it? Um, that to me, that's, that's like a speed run. Like how fast can you beat it? Like, n- like a normal person. Did you, did you <laughs> see the guy that was speed running the new quake or the new, uh, doom game, doom three? Yeah, or, that was or, actually whatever. pretty impressive. <laughs> that was ridiculous, right? Because that game looks mint, you know, it's like, oh, there's, there's no glitches, no weird, nothing here. And then he would like do something where he'd like back into a corner and then shoot the pistol and spin around and jump and like pop out of the level and then he's running across the tops of the the you know like the hallways and stuff and it was just like geez dude and um he'd found some stuff where like if you shot something and you jumped off of a like there was like little post you could stand on and if you did that it would like rocket jump you like you know a mile in the sky so he jumped like from the beginning of the level to the end of the level over like all the geometry oh my god it was yeah. nuts, man. It's like, how do these guys figure this crap out? And I can also guarantee you right now, sorry, this is completely not related to speedrunning. I can guarantee you right now I'm going to get the new Mass Effect, and I'm probably going to be sucked into that. Yeah, you and it sucks because I, because yeah. I really, I really want to finish Zelda, and I really want to explore that game. But like, Mass Effect, though. <laughs> yeah. And I've heard really good things. Like, uh, what, what review sites said they're like, you know, 15, you know, 15 minutes in and I'm already overwhelmed in like a good way. 
But I wonder, the DLC is going to be real, right? They're going to do some DLC. Well, of course, EA. Right, and but the DLC for the other ones was great. So I'm, I'm not. Well, yeah, yeah, especially two. Like, that's still my standard. Still my standard. Like, if you're gonna make an epic RPG set in space, use Mass Effect Two as like your template, and then build from there. Right. Exactly. Like, do a Star Wars game just like that. Oh wait, that was Kotor. Never mind. Um, right. They, <laughs> yep, yep. Yeah, that's how we got here. Uh, yeah, but the the whole deal with Andromeda though is like, okay, so I could play the game, and I'm gonna play through it like the the no DLC, right? Because just came out. But then it's like a year, year and a half down the road all the DLC will be out and then you got to play through the whole thing again because there's like twice as much game now. So it's almost kind of like people that experience it the first time with all the DLC in place. I wonder if that's like a magical something because that's how I did it with two. I had all the DLC when I played through two and it was just incredible. Wait, am I reading this right? Is this game co-op? Yeah. We're going to lose well, not, not through the story, but the, what? The multiplayer is co-op multiplayer, yes. Not, but not. But it's probably like a... oh. it's probably horde mode stuff, like what it is. I well, don't think you I mean, play through the story. It, you know what was great though about like Portal Two was that the the co-op multiplayer was its own unique story. You know, I don't see why there's like one person can be whatever their name is, Shepard, right? Um, one person can be that. It's their story. But the other people could join in and just play whoever he took on the mission, right? That's kind of what just the. Do that. Um, have you played the Darkness too? Because that's what that one does apparently. Like, because in Darkness. The, oh really? You can you can bring people with you? Well, no. In the um, in the main single player story, you play this um, demon infested gangster guy. But in the co op mode, you kind of play a story going alongside that story. That kind of intersects every now and again, oh. but not that character. So, it, uh, it, so it's you know it would be really awesome, but similar because because he's demon infested, right? So one player plays him, and the other player plays the demon tentacle shit that's coming out of him, and and you yeah. just don't have any control of that. You that know? reminds it's, me, it's, I need to finish like, that game actually. I, I just I walk around and, and this tentacle thing just murders everything. That game is great, by the so, way, folks. If you haven't played The Darkness 2, it's fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. So to finish to finish my tangent about Sorry, Mass Effect, system requirements recommended. Uh, yeah. They recommend 16 gigs of RAM. Holy shit. Sorry. And NVIDIA GTX 1060. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, they're using that's, this that's like the a... recommended. They're trying to panic people into buying those hot new NVIDIA cards, I think. God. No, thank you. They're like, Jeez. but you're only going to get 30 frames a second if you get the hot oh, 1080. God. Yeah, the, the, the minimum yeah. race requirements is a GTX 660. Oh, my God. Right, which my seven-year-old machine has, so that's not going to make anybody die or anything. I, I, but, have a, I have a 770, so I could technically maybe play it. You'll be you'll be probably okay. It's, it's about how much RAM is on your video card, basically. Mm. And the less RAM you have there... See, the deal... Because it's console ports now, right? And mm. the PlayStation and the Xbox have 16 gigs of RAM. Mm. So you're going to see like 16 gigs of RAM is going to be 
the thing for console ports now. Mm. It's like, you want it to play right, you better have 16 gigs of RAM. Mm. So just build an Xbox that also runs Windows, <laughs> I think. I don't know. They should just quit <laughs> selling Xboxes and just sell a, a computer. D- kind of like the Steam machine, except it runs Windows. They could call it the Windows machine. It's not going to happen. As nice no. as that would be, it's not going to happen. Um, so just to wrap up. Or let me hook a keyboard and mouse up to my Xbox and then run Windows apps on it. I don't need another computer. You can't hook a keyboard and mouse up to an Xbox? I would think you could. No, they wouldn't want you to be in like a competitive advantage because you can hook a keyboard a person, and mouse up to a PlayStation uh, three. Why can't you hook up a PlayStation fucking keyboard and mouse? Because, because Microsoft, Sorry. because uh, they, they know that a toddler with a keyboard and mouse will kill the best co the best, like uh call of duty player that's using a uh, gamepad, Right. So yeah, it's run like the test. Exactly. Toddler wins like eight out of 10 times. Well, anyway, <laughs> to wrap up, I've been playing Titanfall 2. That's all I can play of late. The single player campaign, which is goddamn amazing. Like, I've not played a campaign this good. I'm going to finish it. I don't finish games very often, but I'm going to finish it. If that tells you anything. It's so good. Um, so let's just wrap up. You'd, you'd be like Wreck-It Ralph. You'll be finish it, Brian. Yeah. I'm going to finish it. I'm going to finish it. Yeah, I'm going to you know, seriously finish it. It's amazing. It's just that good. Um, so let's see. A couple of uh, show notes before we wrap up. Uh, we're still running our contest uh, for a few more weeks where if you um, write a review on iTunes and take a screenshot of it, which is native in Windows and Mac these days, so if you don't know how to do it, just look it up. Um Take a screenshot of it and email it to contests at spacegamejunkie.com. You'll be entered to win keys for things like the entire Wing Commander series on GOG or other things uh, that I have keys to. Uh, So that's going on for a couple of weeks. On Thursday, by request, we are going to be playing the Command & Conquer Renegades clone, uh, Renegade X, which apparently is awesome. So I've heard. I've not played. It's my favorite rapper, (laughs) Renegade X. I got all his albums. I've heard it's excellent. I've heard his albums are also excellent. Um, and then finally next week on the show, we were supposed to do this a couple weeks ago, but scheduling got screwed up. We're going to be talking flight sims. We're finally doing it. We're finally going to sit down and have our flight sim show. I've been waiting for this for a while, so I'm very excited. And uh, Jim, we're bringing on that guy you love, uh, Chase. Oh, good. Charmers, yeah, bringing him on again. We can reminisce about the last time he was on, which was it's been a few years. It was um, like what our third show or something. Third, our third, eighth, eighth show. Yeah, I was think it was our eighth show. We talked about because Lucas Arts had just shut down, and so wah, wah. Wah, wah. and yeah, and their last game was Star Wars Connect. So that was fun to talk about. Um, or maybe that was just what a way to go Wars. out. Yeah, Star Wars Connect. Um, So we had him on for that. But he's a flight sim expert, so that'll be fun. So that's going to be next week. Uh, So, folks, let me just say real quick at the end here, I apologize for the technical difficulties we had with this show, uh, both with the stream. We've been dropping frames here and there. 
because the internet doesn't like me on Tuesdays. And, uh, um, it doesn't like anybody on Tuesdays. Right. And also when we started stream, when we started, um, when we all got onto discord here, I was using the wrong mic. Uh, but I already hit record. So when apparently I switched to the right mic, it stopped recording and I didn't notice until we were already live. So I apologize again for that. I'm really going to get my next week. You'll have it. I actually set an alarm on my phone to remind me to start recording, you know, I think my cat's throwing up anyway, random. (laughs) I know. So, folks, thank you for listening to the show. Philip, I know you haven't yeah, mentioned it. So thank you for joining us talking about, again, the game. Folks, Lightspeed Frontier is currently on Steam, early access, uh, but it is pretty complete as far as things go. Uh, there's more. To, there's some more things to be added, but it's stable. It's very playable already. And uh, Yeah, send your feedback, too. Yeah, and for someone who doesn't like building games, I liked building in this game because it's pretty much boom, boom, done, which is how I like my building, um, among other things. So thank you, uh, Philip, for coming on. Again, the game is Lightspeed Frontier. Folks, thank you for listening to this kind of weird show. I was very loopy, and uh, blame Daylight Savings Time and the lack of sleep. I apologize. I'm on the Tussin. And and Jim is drugged because he's sick. Uh, so we really have no excuse for how weird it's my, tonight's it's show my was. Purple drink, Philip. I hope you come back again. <laughs> I hope this doesn't dissuade you from coming back again. No, this is fun. I'm going to be hanging around the Discord, and uh, yeah, next time you guys have an opportunity, I'd love to do this again. All right. Well, thank you everyone. Thank you, Philip, for joining us. Thank you everyone for listening you, and watching. You own Stellaris. <laughs> and we'll make good, you an offer. Oh my god! And have a good night. <laughs> Bye. Let's have some music in here, Boiler. Sure thing. I may sunshine down, but I see only one. Trying to think I'm over you. I find I'm just beginning. The years move faster than the days. There's no warmth in the light. Those desert skies here.